Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Susan, Laris, and Dan, and I am just so delighted to welcome those of you who are listening here on August 1st, 2016, or soon thereafter, to welcome you back from what I hope was a refreshing break for all of us. I'm so thankful that many of you took the time to explore the archive of the Frontier Beyond Fear, which you can find at FrontierBeyondFear.com. We've got almost, um, well, we've got six years of shows very close, and today's show I know is going to be one that many will discover in the future as well as in the now, and that's why I always choose to speak across time to those of you who are listening to this whenever you are listening, because we have a wonderful guest here today. In just a moment, I'll be bringing him on the line, and that is Carl Johan. And those of you who have been aware of particularly the Mayan calendar and the study of metaphysics and the in-depth research that has surrounded all of that over the years are no doubt aware of this guest who I'm very honored to have on the show. And I also know that there are those of you who may be completely new to this topic because of the diversity of all of you out there listening. And I invite you to listen and enter into what is going to be quite an interesting discussion of the mind and the nature of the mind and the connection to the earth and to the rise of civilization. Because we are going to be talking about his new book, The Global Mind and the Rise of Civilization, The Quantum Evolution, of consciousness. Now, Dr. Kalaman holds a PhD in physical biology from the University of Stockholm, although he now lives in the US. He is an expert on so many things and he he has really done phenomenal groundbreaking research throughout his career and this continues and what we are going to discuss today is continuing work and there are, there are more books to come and more research to explore, and I invite you to visit his website when you can at kalaman.com, which is on the on the web page. So, without further delay, I am so delighted to bring Carl Johan onto the show. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Susan. I'm I'm happy to be on your show and looking forward to this discussion about our the the world we're living in and maybe where it's going as well. Yes, yes. And and I'm sure today many are, are asking those questions as well because, you know, the context yeah. of our discussion is always what's going on in the world as well, what's going on with our civilization right now. And, yeah. and I know that, that we all feel that. And, and you speak of paradigm shifts and how paradigm shifts take a while to happen, although are quantum as well. Yeah. Exactly. So, Carl, to begin with your work, I know that that um, I I know many people when we approached, um, you know, what that time in 2012, and and you had talked about an earlier date, and then experienced a shift yourself. A, you a, you start your work here with this book talking about your own personal shift. And 
I wonder if we can enter into this just giving a, a little bit of context um, just to, to help the audience begin to step into to where the Mayan calendar comes into all of this and under, understanding of that and yet also invite them to look at that in, at much more depth because it, you know we could do many shows on that as many shows have been done. Could, could you step into that and how your own personal shift and experience of this shift um, helped you enter into this latest work? Yeah, <clears throat> well, you know, I think then I would take the beginning of um, the 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 new wave that was activated in uh, 2011, uh, actually more early in, in 2011, uh, March 9, uh, to be precise, uh, which uh-huh. is, you know, one of the things that we noticed happening in the world at that time was, for instance, that two days later there was the one of the biggest earthquakes ever on our planet in 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 uh, Japan, um, and that whole um, uh, it was a time of of tremendous shakeup of the world. Um, this was a time of of protests all over the world. Um, um, we had the the Arab Spring, we had the Occupy movement, and uh, there were so many protests in the year 2011, which was the year that I had sort of foreseen for a long time would mm-hmm. be sort of mm-hmm. some kind of a culmination of, of nine different waves of the Mayan calendar that uh, yeah. Time magazine uh, decided this year not to choose a particular individual to be the the person of the year, but simply said that the protester is the person of the year in 2011. So something definitely happened in in how people perceived their reality. There was a a big movement of of protest against the rule of dictators and uh, the rule of of, um, bankers and, and, and so forth. And it's, you know, some people, it may be easy to be cynical and say that, well, it didn't go to, you know, no no paradise materialized immediately (laughs) as a result of this. But nobody really said there should be a paradise materializing immediately after this. But, you know, if you look upon that time in retrospect, I, I think it becomes very clear that, for large per, uh, groups of people, their perception of the reality they, they were living in started to change. Um, so um, uh, this all essentially led up to the the, the date, um, October 28, 2011, which was a um, sort of the, the uh, completion date of, of nine different processes. And... Uh, <clears throat> So uh, that uh, at that particular t- time, uh, I, I knew I wanted to be in, in seclusion and to sort of really be aware of where the the waves would be leading us into the future, how we we, we would be uh, continuing to be affected by these uh, um, uh, different kind of waves that, that were coming in, and, and that's what I did, and and. Uh, uh, I, I know a lot of other people who, who sort of had already gone deeply into the Mayan calendar. They had a similar kind of an experience. And it's it's really as if that uh, ninth wave uh, th- that was activated in 2011, it's still with us. It, things have changed dramatically in, in a complicated way. Um, but the, that particular wave was activated in that particular year. And for, for me personally, uh, you know, it was more like I, I, I got a deeper sense of, of how everything is connected with everything else compared to what I had previously. I think there were some boundaries in my mind that were disengaged or, or uh, at least lost much of, the, of their power o- over me, and, and, and I became more open to, to seeing uh, even more connections than I had been doing I- I- in the past. Uh, so so yeah. that, that I think that is one kind of a shift in, in consciousness that, that um, 
you know, if we're open to it, and and if we if we are aware that um, there, there is some kind of a logic to the uh, how our mind develops, then I think we we may become more open to to uh, see these uh, connections between everything. Uh, ultimately, everything is connected, but uh, we've been living in a reality of separation for a, for a very long time. And uh, yeah. we're in the beginning of a process now that's been for five years, essentially, that has given us a, a stronger chance to, to see how everything is connection, uh, connected and, and disengage these kind of boundaries that have uh, dominated us for a long time. Yes, yes. You know, something that, that I found myself reflecting upon as I was reading your book, and you proposed um, or you explore some amazingly dramatic things about our connection to the earth directly and our minds. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and before we enter into that, because I know this helps people with their own personal experience to make, you know, even you know, brilliant researchers approachable in the way that you are making these breakthroughs and how we can make personal breakthroughs. Do you feel that during that time of seclusion that you were more connected to the beauty of the earth, to the earth, you know, the, the patterns of just the feeling of the earth? And do you feel that that helped you to come to these conclusions? To, to, did that help you enter into them, just the, your own personal connectedness? Um, well, uh, um, you know, I think we're all co- connected to the earth. In 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 the in our minds are connected to to the earth, and yes. it really sh- shapes how we think in in significant ways. And and uh, we have this connection, whether we like it or, or not. I think, or <laughs> whether we're aware yes. of it or, or, or not. And. Um, um, yeah, I don't know what to say other than that. I was just but curious. Okay, well, it was yeah, something yeah. that came to me because I thought that sometimes, you know, when we when we do that, that's when these breakthroughs come through. It seems to be yeah. often described. But what you actually say, it's like you say, we are all connected. You cannot escape the connection, essentially, because right. our minds are connected to a global mind. So. So now yeah. let's enter into this concept of what is the mind and how is the conception of the mind you are presenting to us much different than what materialists have brought to us over the ages or are other ways that we've thought about the mind and how is it connected to the earth? Yeah, well, that's that's one big aspect of this particular um, yes. book. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, the the mind. I mean, it's it's something we can't touch or 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 taste or or it's it's really something that is really non-physical, so to speak. And uh, um, so it's, it's it's hard to then really find out what, where does it come from and 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 what is it really. And uh, to me, it's sort of a it's it's a, like a mental structure that uh, separates uh, um, various aspects in in reality so that we can deal with them um, uh, in our minds uh, so that we can uh, uh, think about things um, really. Um, And uh, um, it's, um, you know, I I think I want to go into it uh, from a special angle that you know in in our in the western civilization overall the, the mind yeah. is something that is being held very positively you know you will talk about uh, somebody having a brilliant mind and very often that's a person with a very strong analytical ability somebody who can sort of mentally p- pick things apart and deal with this in, in their heads so to speak um in contrast, I would say, if you go to India, uh, at least in their traditional Hindu philosophy, uh, they don't hold the mind in, in a, a particularly high esteem. Uh, they do see it's, it's, good, it's a tool for 
certain things. But on the other hand, they also see the mind as suffering <coughs> that that may block uh, um, enlightenment. Uh, <coughs> it's uh, it's something that mm, that uh, yeah that that makes you uh, um, separate from from reality and from the divine reality uh, uh, and so forth and I, I think it's important to be aware that there are these two aspects of the mind at the same time one aspect w- which is that it it is a, a very useful tool that has which is completely behind the evolution of a technological civilization on on our planet. But on the other hand, this particular tool, if it's not used appropriately, it may very well be something that blocks our unity uh, uh, experience of reality, something that may block our experience of of, uh, being uh, one with the divine and one with everything else. Um, and uh, so these are two uh, uh, aspects of the mind and, and the role it has played in human civilization, especially for, for the past 5,000 uh, years. And um, I would say that uh, after this, you know, we come to a point in, in the development of our civilization where uh, we now have I think the opportunity, the possibility of, of uh, using the both using the mind um, as as a good tool, but at the same time not becoming dominated by the mind, um, and and allow ourselves to to see the the unity of all things, the unity of all human beings, and the uh, the unity we have with nature and with the divine. And unless we are, we will be able to see this unity, then you know our our civilization here will will uh, not have very good prospects of of, of surviving. It, it is really a matter of. of uh, being um, able to deal with the mind in a in, in the right way in in, in the time ahead. Um, but having said that, I mean uh, the 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 mind is really uh, for it's really what's behind everything in in that we have created as a species that goes beyond what is really only given us by. By the uh, by nature, uh, um, in other words, it's our it's the main tool that we've used to to create our our nations, our religions, our technologies, um, uh, etc. etc. Um, I I think I lost maybe no no you haven't at all actually you're you're definitely exploring (laughs) again it's a huge topic and so I'm. I'm I'm yeah. doing my best to step into it in a way that we can cover it in in an yeah. hour. And and yeah. I think um what I wanted to ask you because and I am going to be jumping around in your book a little bit because I know that that something that's so dramatic to me that you talk about is how our state of mind can be directly impacted by resonance with the earth the earth itself yeah. you know the the physical earth however you yeah. view that the shells of the earth the core of the earth the frequencies coming from the earth and and i think this is fascinating that um it, is. it makes sense that at a, at a heart level you know i always want to use the term heart as well yes. as kind of an expansive an expansion of the mind in a way um and and, yeah. and so so yes, if you could step into that for us, Carl, that's uh, yes. amazing Thank to you. me. Yeah, right. So then comes, <clears throat> you know, so everybody had an has an experience of what their what the mind is, but then there is a, this big philosophical uh, 
discussion that's been um, raging for hundreds of years, really, which is the, the question about the origin of the mind. And this is a very, it's a discussion that is quite intense today. Um, and there, there are two groups, essentially. One group, you might say, is the um, materialist group. And, yeah. and this group says that the mind is a creation of our brain. And <clears throat> then there's the other side that you might say the idealist mind that, that says that consciousness is primary to, to matter. And that is the, what I believe and, and what this book really has provided evidence yeah. of is, is that the mind is, is rather, it's, it's, um, it's something that our brains are downloading. It, it's something yeah. that our brains are in resonance with. But the mind comes from actually from the center of the universe. And, uh, you know, it, it has some kind of strong divine component to it. And <clears throat> that's the reason that the evolution of the mind, it, it follows a wave pattern, which is really what the Mayan calendar would describe, is, is these wave patterns of the mind. And uh, this, this uh, presents a completely different uh, uh, way. It means, to, for one thing, that everything that happens in our, in our world is subject to these changing waves. Um, and uh, we, we're all part of what sort of manifests as, as a, guy, a giant uh, uh, plan of changing mental states that, that emanates from the, the, the center of the universe. Um, and um, the, what, what most immediately mediate the effects of these particular waves is the earth it's sort of a complex it's a system of uh, a series of systems you might say that that we're all in resonance with it goes from the cosmos to the galaxy to the solar system to the earth and then we are there and it's like our brains are all in resonance with with the with the core of uh, of the earth and uh, <clears throat> The, it's it's then so the, so that's that's a critical thing that that's what gives us our mind is our connection to the earth and and its resonance with the earth and the, the whole system that we're part of 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 going out to the uh, far out atmospheric layers and going inside also in the other direction going inside to the core of the the earth. And it's really from that inner core of the earth that we get the 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 signals, if you like, or or or, or the, the the wave resonances that gives us our mind. And so we're all connected to this same global mind. And I think that is really a prerequisite for the fact that we can all. Uh, understand each other to some degree i would say yes. we, we, we uh, you know if everyone had a brain that would uh, invent its own mind we wouldn't understand anybody else i'm i'm sure of that because then it could go in any kind of direction but that's not the mm -hmm. case instead we we're even though we have individual minds and and uh, uh, based on the the individual resonances that we cultivate with this global mind we still are connected to the same way is same global mind and that is what makes it relatively easy anyway to understand how where other people are coming from and and how how they're thinking and and that any kind of communication is possible and and that our lives is is often uh, uh, shaped by synchronicities, remarkable yes. coincidences, and uh, and the reason is that we we are connected through this mind, uh, this yes. global mind, and, and then then these things will actually uh, happen. Uh, we we think that 
you know, when if you go to, for instance, you know, the, having a synchronicity, having a, this kind of an experience, you may re- run into your next door neighbor when you are in a faraway land, or or any of these remarkable things that may happen. But it, and we think, oh, this is this is really magical and and mysterious. Uh huh. Incredible and so forth, and yeah, I mean, we, it's it's great to appreciate the the magic of those kind of things. But if you yeah. really look upon it and, and consider that, well, we're all part of this global mind, then it's it's not so strange anymore. It's just what you would expect. Yes, you know, there's something you say a little bit later in your book. You address something that I know people reflect upon: is that okay if we're all part? of this global mind, or really multiversal mind, if you really expand it outward. Yeah. Um, although you do focus very much on the Earth, too, that we are we are very connected to our Earth and that we can focus on, on that connection. There's value yeah. in that. But the, the thing that you say is that our ego can have trouble thinking that our mind isn't personal, and yet yeah. you don't take away our ability to make... You know, have personal responsibility over our own thoughts. It's it's kind of a dichotomy that you present. I mean, yeah. we're each individual, and yet we are one. You know, there, there's that that dichotomy. Um, and there's both, and so and there's a beauty in both to really yeah. really feeling and exploring yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um. Hmm. Now, now. Just um, stepping into how these downloads have affected civilization, because I feel if we go backwards and look, as you do in great detail, the various breakthroughs that civilizations have had, it can help us to understand our current breakthrough as well, you know, where we may be going next. Um, So I wonder if we could step back and just look at um, lines and pyramids and just talk as to how that was indicative of a wave, of a download in different civilizations. Yeah, yeah. So this book is written very much in order to um, demonstrate um, the the reality of certain concepts about the mind and so forth. And and, uh, I should say that there will be a follow-up book, a sequel, coming in December that is called the nine waves of of creation and th- yeah. that particular book will be very much about uh, our current time and the different uh, yeah. phenomena that, that that's happening now but uh, yeah. I, I for for those that really want to go into that and understand what is happening from from this perspective um, at the current time it's absolutely very helpful to read this book which is yeah. gives examples from our past, and I, I've always been saying that that you know there's really no uh, reason to uh, be discussing what the Mayan calendar may mean in our own time unless we have really shown clearly that this is something that we can understand the past from. And that's what, yeah. what this book is, is about. Yeah. And it has focused yeah. especially on one very significant shift point in uh, in human history. And that is the emergence of the first uh, high civilizations uh, about 5,100 years ago, um, and we we especially have heard about uh, the Egyptian civilization and the one in Mesopotamia, and uh, also um, at the same time there were civilizations emerging um, in in um, Indus Valley in in what is present day Pakistan, and. Uh, rather suddenly, rather abruptly, if you look upon it in a historical timeline, um, people in many parts of the world started to build pyramids at this particular point in time. And uh, before that point in time, you really find no pyramids on on our planet. And then uh, there is a a point in time uh, 5,100 years ago about when people start to do that. 
And it's been an enigma for historians and archaeologists for a very long time. You know, why do the, the early civilizations emerge so suddenly? Uh, why do, for instance, uh, the Egyptian uh, culture go from being a, a Stone Age people to a sophisticated monarchy with the ability to to build these uh, fantastic uh, par- pyramidal um, constructions in 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 just a few generations as far as we can tell from from, from now so yes. something happened yes. very dramatically at that time and that has been observed by historians for a long time what I'm coming with here is an explanation to why this happened, and it, it, that explanation is based on this uh, idea that there is a global mind that we're all uh, connected to. And one of the ways that we can see that we're all connected to one and the same global mind is that this change, this uh, shift in the kind of constructions people were making, it happened simultaneously in several different places, like in Peru, in Mongolia, in, in Italy, in, in uh, Egypt, and, and uh, uh, Sumer, which is Mesopotamia, present-day Iraq. All of these places, people started to, to build pyramids at that time. So some shift must have happened on a global scale. And then the next thing is to look into how does this relate to the Mayan calendar system. And it it turns out that uh, maybe the most famous of of the Mayan calendars, the so-called long count, uh, started 3,115 B.C., um, and, and that's the one that they always, the Maya themselves, they would always date their historical events in, in terms of, of this particular calendar, like a chronology, so to speak. And uh, they have an explanation to why uh, th- this long count began at the point in time that it did, which is 5,130 years ago from, from from our current uh, point in time. Basically, what they're saying is that uh, a grid system of straight and perpendicular lines came to be, uh, came to cover the earth, you might say. And uh, yeah. that, uh, the fact that they are talking about the, this straight and perpendicular lines, uh, the one that goes straight to the North Pole, for instance, uh, it's an interesting observation because this is exactly what we see happening on the earth at that time. Uh, When people started to build pyramids, what they really did was that they, for the first time, started to manifest straight and perpendicular lines and also lines that were uh, aligned with the four directions of, 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 um, of our planet. So there is a definite uh, um, correspondence between the beginning of, of the Mayan long count, what the Maya described happened at that point in time 5,000 years ago, and what we see happen on, 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 on Earth, that civilizations with city life, with uh, uh, pyramids, with uh, monarchs, w- with uh, uh, writing, with numbers, and, and all kinds of things that actually depend on the emergence of a structured, rational mind appeared on that uh, time. So here comes an, a completely different way of looking at uh, our reality and the evolution of our reality, which is that we're all subject to a, 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 a cosmic plan where shifting waves 
bringing different waves of of the, the global mind to the to humanity is yeah. is the kind of reality we're living in it's not a random yeah. things when things happen on our planet it's it's not just by accident that somebody comes up with some new idea a new religion yeah. a, a new invention or something like that all of these things all of them are subject to these shift these these waves that we that, that go that are mediated through the earth and then we as as human beings the the small little beings we are on this planet we pick mm-hmm. those up we can tune in to these different waves and and as we do and re- develop resonance with it our our reality will change our perception of reality will change our creativity will change in accordance with these uh, uh, different waves that, that we are in resonance with. And then the, the, what is happening here is, is, is far from being sort of randomly, uh, random events. It's, it's all a part of, of a, uh, some kind of a preconceived plan, I would say, of, of, a yeah. high, of an intelligence much higher than, than ourselves. But, but we're still part of it, and we, we carry a little spark of it, and, and we're able to, uh, um, uh, to, to download it, to, to use a, a modern term for, for what's happening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I know that, that your next book is indeed going to explore where we're heading with this now. But what I yeah. will say is what you present from the past, Carl, given all that's going on in the world right now, it, it really is a gateway to tremendous hope and order, yeah. that, that there is an order to things, <laughs> that, it, that it's yeah. not random, like you say. And, yeah. you know, deep down we've known this. I mean, we know that so many inventions, for example, happen simultaneously. You know, people make discoveries right. and then maybe one person gets known for it. In mathematics, there's, there have been things that people have oh, yeah. discovered simultaneously, every field. I mean, there's just yeah. examples. And yeah. and we know it just in the, in that world. And, and then, you know, I can't wait for your next book. I think that that's going to be yeah. a wonderful book to explore, too, because... You know, we're really feeling it right now, Carl. This, this, there's something going yeah. on in the world. I mean, we're experiencing more synchronicities, and you know, there's something yeah. really happening here. And I know that you talk about, for example, time. In fact, let's focus on that since synchronicities have so much to do with time. Let's let's look at that yeah. concept too. Linear, looking at time as linear using chronologies, and then, of course, I'm sure you'll be writing about what's next, you know, um, other mm-hmm. views of time. You just give us some glimpses of that. So step into time for a moment, Carl. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the, the time is, when you talk about time, there are really, I think of time in two different ways. Um, the the Greek, the ancient Greek, uh, they had two gods of time. Uh, one was Kairos and one was Kronos. And uh, Kronos was the god of, of measured time. It, it's really the only kind of time that modern people are paying attention to, for the most part, I, I would say. It's, you know, the, we, we are focused on, on being able to do things in the shortest possible time in other words we we want to uh, measure time or or uh, there's all kinds of competitions in sports and and so forth that is based on the measurements of, of yes. time yes but then the greek had also another god of time which was kairos and that was sort of you might say spiritual time it was qualitative time it was what um, the, the, it's, it was about the timing of things, um, which is based on some kind of a quality of, of time. And this way of looking at time, this kairos time, as they talked about, that I f- have found to be the most developed by the ancient Maya, um, because mm-hmm. their 
and th- this is really, I think, what caught my attention the first time that I visited the the land of the Maya in, in 1979. Um, that that they had a completely different way of looking at time, where they focused on on uh, symbols, uh, which could be deities or or they could be animals, naguales or there could be numbers that they would always associate with different time periods. And these symbols then would tell us something about what what characterized, qualitatively speaking, um, these time periods. Um, and uh, so, so that's... It, it, they're... they're, they're it's, they, their, their focus was not on measuring time. Uh, they, they did so, uh, but that was more like a, sid- a sideline. Their focus was uh-huh. on understanding what is this? How, how, what are the qualities of time? How do the, yeah. the time change? The quality time change, and then they develop this whole ca- calendar system in order to capture. Uh, the shifting energies of time or qualities of time uh, and so forth. And it's those qualities of times really that is of interest for anyone who wants to get into uh, a spiritual worldview and and, uh, um, uh, to become aware of of how synchronicities in our lives actually uh, originate from from different qualities of time. There's an underlying quantum field emanating from the divine source. And that quantum field, which is not measurable, usually anyway, is not measurable by our watches or so forth. It's that field yeah. that determine the qualities of time and and how we may... Um, you know, actually, our path, the paths of our lives, the, the directions our lives will take, and 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 yeah. to the extent that other people are tuned into the same underlying waves, uh, underlying quantum fields, we will also find that we will experience uh, uh, synchronicities with these uh, people who have tuned into the same uh, aspects of of this underlying field. Yes. Yes, yes, and, and I do feel that that many of us are are experiencing that more and more, and and yeah. we have to really reflect upon that we are participating in in another download, so to speak. And I and again, I yeah. I, I I anticipate your your work, but you're right. This this current book it lays all the foundation. For trust, in a way, you know, it helps us to understand yeah. what's what's been happening, and and it really gives us more trust in the world because the materialistic view, um, it it, it kind of undermines trust. I use that word trust just because because you do kind of feel like everything is is rather random and and chaotic if you participate yeah. in that view, and yet wor- the world doesn't fit it. The world when you observe it. Like what you've observed, it does not fit the materialistic worldview if you really look at history carefully. Right, right, and it does give the, the this is a worldview when, especially when you consider that this there is a new wave that has been activated, the the ninth wave, uh, which which gives this experience of of unity that sort of, in a yes. sense, allows us more to disengage the mind. That's the that's the wave that we will see over time become more and more uh, prevalent in in human life, and uh, that's really a very significant source of of hope, because despite yeah. all the turmoil that we're going through as a, as a global civilization uh, at this point in time, this is the wave. Um, and and it's sort of consistent with many old uh, religious systems that are sort of pointing to some kind of a golden age or or whatever you want to call it that that is the intended um end result or 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 direction of of, of this creation 
and, and it's, it does make sense. And it also does make sense that in order to get there from the, the kind of separating mind that we've been, all been subjected to for a very long time, there will be yes. uh, difficulties. There will be challenges. But nonetheless, you know, it, it upholds the idea that there is some kind of an intelligence behind our existence that wants our best, so to speak, that, that has... Yeah, yes, a, that's it. A, pos- ...a positive and intelligent plan behind it. But we have to learn how to see this plan, and, and uh, yeah. otherwise we could easily very uh, succumb to all kinds of, of uh, uh, negative thinking. And, and once you succumb yeah. to negative thinking, you tend to reproduce it yourself. And that's, yeah. I think, part of why this book is important, because... In a very large perspective, it gives a, 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 a background for hope and and a, a positive plan uh, that we're that we're part of, and uh, that is manifesting in in these couple of decades we we have ahead of us. Yes, yes, that that's so very important, and and. You know, by laying that foundation, I mean, you you really lay a foundation of fact that for those who need, yeah. you know, so many of us, we want, you know, we need that, that core of evidence sometimes just to help us to get to that point yeah. of hope. And, and, and it helps navigate what can feel like chaos. You know, there, there, you could look yeah. at the world right now and say, this is very chaotic. <laughs> and and, yeah. and yeah. yet, yet books. Like, like what you explore helps us to see well, you know, it's mm-hmm. part of, it, it all comes together and that there is a plan and you can you can feel that. Um, I yeah. have another question for you, um, given mm-hmm. we, we still have time. Um, yeah. You know, you, you explore some things, and we might only be able to touch on this. It's secret geometry, Carl. I know that that's meaningful for for many people and it's been meaningful in yeah. civilization your book has a an, a nice um exploration of art as well throughout history yeah. and then also yes sacred geometry and and what that means um for civilization and the development of civilization yeah, um, you know, it's almost like I would say it's everything for the development of of uh, civilization. Um, yeah, I, I think <laughs> uh, you know it's it's a rather modern idea, or a couple of hundred years that that people have made the distinction between geometry and sacred geometry. I mean, there was a yeah. point in time, five thousand years ago, when when geometry was sacred and uh, um that's really what mm, the when i look upon the pyramids i i really look upon them primarily as an expression of a new sacred geometry uh, not only the, the pyramids but actually all the aspects of civilization that emerged 5000 years ago uh, are expressions of a, a, a sacred geometry that people then, for the first time, became able to download, and uh, yeah. uh, I, I would say that the the the, the primary purpose uh, of, of building the pyramids is that people uh, wanted to manifest the new sacred geometry uh, in in stone, in in reality, in physical reality. But really, ultimately, this was something that they had received from the divine source. And that's why they yes. called the, this kind of geometry sacred. I, I think what, uh, you know, there are a couple of aspects of, of, to psych, sacred geometry uh, that I'm adding that, that are, are novel and may be clarifying. And uh, yes. one, one is that... Um, uh, one is that you know wh- when you hear sacred geometry discussed today, it- it's often that people are talking about quite complex geometrical uh, phenomena. Uh, they will talk about the platonic bodies 
uh, icosahedrons and, and so forth. They will talk about the flower of life. They will talk about the golden mean. And, uh, and these are all interesting and, and uh, uh, valid uh, phenomena to, to work with. Um, that's not what I'm saying, that you shouldn't do that. I think it's, it's very fascinating things. But the point that I'm making here is that the very simplest phenomena of, of geometry, like the, the straight line and the perpendicular yes. line, that's yes. the very basic sacred geometry. That is also sacred geometry. And that very simple geometry is really what 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 uh, are uh, is the at the origin of of civilization it it it's uh, it doesn't have to be complex I, we, we, the, the, and and so what i'm saying here then is that the the sacred geometry what what makes it sacred is that it it it's really are geometric structures that emanate from the 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 cosmic tree of life, uh, which is something I don't talk particularly much about in, in this book. I talked about it in earlier books, and it certainly will be talked about in, in the book coming in, in, the, um, in December. Um, but it's a sacred uh, cosmic tree of life at the, the core of the universe. And that's what's at, with, with this, uh, in accordance to, to this Mayan calendar um, uh, timeline, this cosmic tree of life is sending out, is broadcasting uh, aspects of sacred geometry. And uh, it, you might say that is, that is the main tool for the sacred tree of life to create this universe. And uh, uh, but but it comes it becomes specially interest to us humans when when we then for the first time five thousand years ago started to download this sacred geometry, and as you mentioned, yeah, my book deals a lot with art and how art has changed under the influence of this kind of sacred right. geometry, and that there was a time before when. Uh, <clears throat> You know, when you go back to the cave paintings of, of in uh, in Europe uh, 40,000 years ago, that, yes, people had uh, an uh, amazing ability to sort of capture the essence of, of the animals that lived uh, at the time and, and create a, a beautiful art that that captured that. But what, what you do see missing in those times is, is really the, the kind of structure, uh, the kind of organization of, of reality that only would come after people had downloaded uh, a, a sacred geometry of vertical and horizontal lines. And, and that's what changed the, 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 the nature of art that humans have created. And it makes a big difference between uh, before 5,000 years ago and after 5,000 years ago. Uh, and, we, of course, we can all uh, 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 appreciate uh, art in all, in all its forms, and it's no point in really com comparing or, or, or evaluating yeah. But it, but it explains yeah. things. It, it under, helps us understand yeah. that people in those times, they you know, they might have been even more spiritual when, than we are today, forty thousand years ago. But they didn't have a structured mind. And, and as I started out here saying that there are there is a good aspect to the mind, there is a negative aspect to the mind too. And and at this time, we need to understand the mind and see that that we can use it as a tool while not being dominated and controlled by this particular uh, structured mind. And uh, uh, to look at art, the history of the art, is, is one way of, of deepening our understanding of how uh, the mind is not just a static thing, it's not just a constant thing that, that's always been the same throughout the history of humanity. No, it's something that evolves in a wave-like fashion. Yes. Yes, yes. I, um, you know, when when you speak of of sacred geometry, the way that you you do, you know, you really do feel like it. It makes 
logical sense that this would be a multiversal language, essentially. It, yep. it makes sense. I mean, you require no language to... No. And, and you know, yep. I was just thinking to myself as I was pondering this, I thought, you know, the only other thing close is maybe music, and yet even that is somehow related. <laughs> I mean, yes. in terms of yes. waves and the feeling yes. of music is similar to sacred geometry, just like mathematics is related to music. You know, they've always yes. said that. And so yes. it all kind yes. of links together. Um, yes. You know, there's one more question. I have to get this in because it's such a cool concept, and I hope we have time. Just really quick. It's going to seem like we're just jumping around a little, but it's just something your book said that is, is amazing to me about our memories being stored in the Earth's inner core. And my immediate yeah. thought was the Akash. You know, that's, that seems to be what we've thought, you know, that would be over multiple lives. I mean, but that would make sense. I mean, if the if our memories yeah. are really being stored. And so I just yeah. wanted you to briefly, very briefly touch upon that, because I know it would fascinate many, many of the listeners that you explore this. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there are these traditions, I'm thinking especially on the Vedic traditions, that is an idea that uh -huh. there is some kind of a Akashic record where everything, yeah. all yeah. the memories of, of all the, the the humankind has been stored somewhere. And, uh, and to some extent, I mean, that's what the psychics are uh, trying to access when they are yeah. uh, talking to people about their past and, and, and their future. And so, but then there is a problem with you know where where is this uh, akashic record, and you know with the materialist view that you and I maybe have been very much uh, affected by in in the society we've grown up with, uh, the idea is that memories are stored in the brain, but then they've done all these kind of studies where um, they, for instance, they've done studies with with rats where they take out different segments of, of the brain and they find that none of those segments of the brain will actually remove the memories. So the memories cannot be stored in any particular part of the brain. And uh, <clears throat> there is also this surgical procedure called hemispherectomy, which means that you take out half of the brain from small children. And, and you would think that that would devastate their ability to think and to remember and so forth and it turns out it does not at all do that. In other words if these kids that go through this surgical procedure will be able to remember perfectly what, what has happened before. So it tells us that it is the materialist view that memories is something that is stored physically in the brain is not true. And so what I'm yeah. hinting at here is really that the the memories are, are stored in in the inner core of the earth, through which we're all in resonance with, and has a completely different, much 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 bigger ability to to harbor information than than our our own individual brains would have. So. Um, that, that's why I'm throwing this out, and you know I'm, yes. I'm also yes. pointing, pointing out that that is there are even uh, similarities between the, the the kind of crystal structure that this inner core of the earth has and the kind of uh, uh, structure that that um, uh, a computer memory would have using different kind of metals yes. in, in crystal yes. forms and so forth so i i would say this is a, this is an explanation that that makes sense that you it know does. why is is there something we can access? We can still, you know, uh, like psychics or even people in general who who have some kind of a uh, developed um, contact with with the higher spheres, you might might say. Why can they access memories from the past, uh, past lives, or or even future uh, occurrences? Well, it, it might be because the uh, the the, Akak, uh, the Akashic records, to use that Indian term, is something that is is, is it's harbored in in the, in the inner core of the earth. Yes, yes. Well, 
Um, I could talk with you all day, my goodness. What a wonderful <laughs> conversation. And and what an honor to have you here today, Carl. Um, thank you oh. so much for being here. Oh, thank here. you so much, Susan. Thank you. you, you I, I really appreciate that you, know, you have brought up a lot of aspects of the books, that, about the book that not all uh, um, has uh, other people that have interviewed me about it has, has noticed. And, and uh, I think you've t- brought up things that I really like to talk about. And, uh, <laughs> I was very happy about that. Yeah. Oh, well, I've, it's been a delightful conversation. Thank you from my heart. Thank Before you, thank the live you. show go, goes down, it doesn't go to, not the podcast will continue for a second. Kalaman.com, I want to remind people to find yes. out, and the global mind and the rise of civilization is the book. And very quick, I'll be on the air 11 a.m. Pacific tomorrow with Joan Serio. Um a recurring guest that many people know. But but once again, we're now in the podcast. We have just a second. And m- many people are listening to this across time in the future anyway. Um, and I just, again, what I, I so appreciated having you on today. And I so look forward to your next book. I mean, you have us just when, when you get yeah. to the end of this book. And I also I want to spend much more time with your current book. It's one that, that you can spend a lot of time with. And then the next one. Um, that is really going to be relevant to what's going yeah. on with our world. I mean, I, every every bit of this is relevant, but I, I think that you really leave us at the end of this book anticipating your work that, that is ongoing <laughs> now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Okay. And that's going to yeah. be called The Nine Waves of Creation, correct? I, I just want to that, put that right. out there. Okay. Yeah, All right. Well, ways. thank you. Yes. Thank you again thank so you. much from my thank heart. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Well, you take Thank care. You. All right. You too. Well, bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Um, just to the audience who are with us, um, I know many of you do listen to this show in the future. I put that in very quick before the live show ended that tomorrow, and no matter when you're listening to this show, I invite you to listen to tomorrow's show, which is going to be August 1st, or August 2nd, 2016. Boy, such a wonderful conversation. I lose track of my own thoughts. Um, at 11 a.m. Pacific, um, we have Joan Serio coming back, and we are going to talk about the heart. That'll be an interesting um, combination, talking about the mind and now the heart. And, you know, I feel that um, the the mind, the, the term the mind is, is very broad in the way that, that Carl... Carl has explored today and um, does not exclude the heart. And so tomorrow we are going to talk about what's going on in the world, how to process some of this, because I know that there are a lot of things going on right now that are challenging many of us as we reflect upon them. And my goal tomorrow is to take a very heart-based positive view while still reflecting on the reality of what it's like to be human navigating through our current world and the things that are happening around us and and how we can be in a space of consistency with our own inner core our own hearts our own integrity and and accept ambiguity and and really in the midst of that, know that there is also a plan, that dichotomy, which actually reflects perfectly back to our conversation today with Dr. Carl Johann Kalman. And I do look forward to talking with him again about his next book because he definitely is making significant breakthroughs and has for many years. So once again, to learn more about this show, FrontierBeyondFear.com. We've talked to many researchers over the years, and I anticipate talking to many more because um, these are really quite honestly wonderful experiences for, for us all, I think, to explore this. And it's so very approachable for everyone. We don't have to have a PhD. We don't have to have a master's degree. We don't. Uh, many of us may have, have various degrees, but that's not required to understand the true nature of our world. 
So thank you, everyone, for being here. And I hope that you find more resonance in your world and may you feel your connection to this earth and to this multiverse ever more directly every day. Take care, everyone. See you tomorrow. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.